Well, good evening again. It was great singing. I haven't sung some of those songs in quite a few years. It's kind of nice to sing some of those again. And some of those uh, songs we sang, I think, um, <clears throat> He Grows Sweeter Every Day. I trust that's true in your life. And if you deal with what we've been studying in John chapter 15, which is where, I'd, again, I would like to have you open your Bibles, if you would. He will grow sweeter every day, only if you're abiding in him. If you're not abiding in him, the spiritual life becomes pretty stagnant. In fact, there is no spiritual life if the Lord Jesus Christ is really not the center of it in every aspect of it. Now, this morning we read through the first 15 or 17 verses, and we're going to do that again, because again, God's word is uh, going to be far more important than anything that I have to say. But I want to just remind you again what we've been dealing with today. In looking at these 17 verses, of course, we've been dealing with the secret of spiritual living. And we pointed out this morning that the beginning of spiritual living and the primary purpose of it is to bear fruit. And if you recall, I asked uh, three different questions from this passage here. And again, I'm going to ask them now, so as we read through it, it'll just reinforce your mind again what we're talking about. One of the first questions was, what or who am I? And of course, we read this morning, we are branches. The second is, why am I here? Well, I'm here as a branch to bear fruit. And the third question is, well, what is the primary goal or purpose of my life? And the answer is to abide in the vine. Now, we looked at the first two this morning, and tonight, Lord willing, we're going to spend our time focusing on that third question, abiding in the vine. But keeping those three questions in mind, I would like to read through these 17 verses again. Some of you may not have been here this morning, so this will catch you up a little bit as to what the passage is dealing with, and then we'll move on from there. John chapter 15, verse 1. The Lord speaking. I am the vi true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. 
but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask, in the, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Again, God will bless the reading of his word. Now, remember this morning, for those of you who are here, the secret we mentioned of living is bearing fruit for the Lord. As living branches in the living vine, we have a responsibility. The branch is to bear fruit, spiritual fruit for the Lord. We pointed out that this spiritual fruit is not for the branch to eat, but for others to feed upon. And it's important we understand that. The purpose of bearing spiritual fruit is so my brothers and sisters in Christ and others can grow. Uh, The branch does not eat food. The branch or the fruit it produces is to be eaten by somebody else. And that's why it's so imperative that as branches in the living vine, we bear fruit that those around us can grow spiritually in the things of the Lord. And, of course, we challenge you to look back over last year to see how much fruit you feel you actually bore for the Lord that was usable by others. The Lord has given us as living branches in the living vine, and that's to bear fruit for him. And we mentioned just a few of the types of things that were fruit that we were talking about. And we said we just looked at five, but it comes in so many different forms. But, you know, one of those was uh, basically is... uh, Witnessing to the unsaved. And then discipling those who need to grow in the things of God. That's fruit. It's to live godly in Christ Jesus, holy unto the Lord. Holiness is spiritual fruit that should be produced as you abide in the living vine. You should share what the Lord has blessed you with materially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's what the Lord has done for us. We're to exhibit a Christ-like character. The fruit of the Spirit should be evident in all of our lives if we're abiding in the vine. And finally, we mentioned we should be praising and thanking God, our Savior, in word and in deed. Now, tonight we're going to pick up with the last thing. You know, how is this really possible (laughs) to bear fruit? Well, there's only one way it's going to happen. And we're going to reread verses 4, 5, and 7. And I'm sure by the time we're finished with that, you're going to have a very good idea what's necessary. Verse 4 says, the Lord speaking, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Let me repeat that. Without me, the Lord, you can do nothing to bear fruit. It's only through him and abiding him. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. 
So what we see here is the secret of fruit bearing is abiding, abiding in the vine, the living vine who is Christ. Now, because it is the secret of fruit bearing, we have to understand something here. If we have to abide, if the branch has to abide in the vine, you see, the branch does not bear fruit by struggling, but only by abiding. And, you know, it's interesting when the Lord spoke in parables and things, it's amazing how he used, you know, things that we knew in life and brought out spiritual truths. And, you know, this thing where the, the vine and the branches and fruit, we can all relate to. There's not a single person in here who cannot relate to what's being said here. And we just got through emphasizing as we read through these verses. You know, the branch does not bear fruit by struggling. Now, I, we have a fruit tree here. It doesn't do very well, but it's not the fruit tree's fault. It's just because of where it is. It's just not a good place for it. But we had nothing to do with that. But back in Michigan, we have a lot of fruit trees. And I've gone out and picked them, apples and things and all kinds of things. And I was even seeing apple trees and starting from the beginning in the uh, spring. Uh, you don't quite have the same sensation we have. By the time we get home in May, you may think it's gorgeous and all that. But, you know, by the time we actually hit Michigan, it's beautiful all the way up. But each, the farther we go north, the less and less foliage is on the trees yet, fewer and fewer buds. And by the time we get home, there's hardly anything yet on the trees, but there are a few little buds. And then we begin to watch that over the course of the summer. And we see those branches getting a little bit bigger. Then the buds come out. And all of a sudden, the flowers begin to pop on the buds. And then in time, the flowers fall off. And what's on there? There's just a little tiny apple or a little tiny pear or whatever. But you know, it's interesting. How did all of that develop? Well, it wasn't because, and I kind of go with me on this one, it wasn't because the branches were struggling, you know, doing push-ups, lifting weights, pull-ups. The branches aren't doing anything. They're just there abiding in the vine, drawing their strength from the vine. The vine feeds them, and they began to grow, and they begin to produce fruit. And that's the message here we have to understand. Yes, you know, you are, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, a living branch, in the living vine, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved you. And our responsibility as branches is to bear fruit. He's made that very clear. If you're not bearing fruit for the Lord, you know, what, what's wrong? That's why he chose you. We find that in verse 16 as well, a little bit later on. You're to bear fruit. But there's only one way you can do it, and that's by abiding in the vine, not by struggling to bear fruit. You know, the things we talked about, what is fruit? All those things we talked about, you'll never achieve struggling on your own. It's only as you abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it has been said, in the Christian life, there is a difference between union and communion. When you trusted Christ to save you, the Holy Spirit united you to him in a living relationship. You became a branch in the vine. A living union was formed. 
But this once and for all union is the basis for communion, maintaining a moment-by-moment fellowship with the Lord so that his life is shared with you. The branch that tries to go it alone will never, will never bear fruit. I thought that was worth sharing. But it's really just summarizing what the Word of God has already told us in, in Galatians 3.3. 3. And it starts out this way. Are you so foolish? <laughs> Do you enjoy being called foolish? I've been called foolish several times in my life. Now, that's not a comfortable thing to hear. But we read right here. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? It's amazing how many Christians think they can. Oh, I can work and struggle and strive to serve and please the Lord and his people. I'm sorry. You can struggle and strive all you want. And you'll achieve nothing in a spiritual sense. The only way you're going to obtain fruit in your life is the same way you received this life-giving Vine giving you life giving in your branch. Where did you get the life in your branch? It's from the vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, when it comes time to grow and to move forward and to produce fruit in your life, you really think you can do that on your own? You can't do that anymore on your own, then you could become a child of God or a living branch in the vine. Now, how do we abide in Christ? Because that's the topic before us. And I'm sure there's many different ways to approach this, but these are some things that the Lord has laid in my heart as I study through this. How do we abide in the vine? Well, the first thing that came to my mind was surrender or yield, whichever word you prefer. They really carry the basic idea. And of course, it deals with obedience. But another thing that came along at the same time was I have to just rest and draw life from the vine. Surrender to him, yield to him, draw my strength from him. That's what abiding is all about. You know, I just wanted to have you turn to Philippians chapter 2 just for a second. There's a couple of verses there. And if you don't like turning, well then just listen, but... In Ephesians chapter 2, did I say Ephesians? I meant Philippians. Sorry. (laughs) Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, how can you work out your own salvation? It really means in reverence and awe. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How can I work out my salvation? (laughs) Letting him work out his salvation in and through me. That's the only way it will ever take place. It's a marvelous thing to understand 
that all I have to do to abide is to yield, surrender, rest, and draw my life and strength from the vine. Let him work in my life. The bottom line is abiding involves keeping in fellowship with the vine, who of course is Christ, so he can work in us and through us. It's the only way it's going to happen. Another way we can abide, it involves spending time with the Lord. I don't know how much time you spend with the Lord. That's an individual question. But I tell you right now, if you want to abide in Christ and abide in the vine, you've got to spend time with the Lord. Just look again at verses 7 and 10. This is the passage we're working with tonight. We're back in John 15, by the way. He says, point blank, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, we have to be willing to spend time with the Lord and his word. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, that we are to allow Christ to dwell in our hearts by faith. You know, I love the word dwell. We do a lot of traveling, and I probably share this. You know, as we travel back and forth across this country, we stay in a lot of places. But we can't wait to get out of there and move on. And we just love it when we get home, because that's where we dwell. And we love it when we get to our little place in California, even though it's nothing very fancy. But it's where we dwell. It's where we spend our time and live and enjoy. And that's what the idea here is. Christ is to dwell in our hearts by faith. The heart in Scripture really means total being. Does he really dwell in your heart? By faith. That's the secret for abiding. Colossians 3.16 takes the other side of it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You see, I'm to allow both Christ himself to dwell in my heart. And I'm to allow his word to dwell in my heart. Take up residence. Stay there. Never to leave. I can remember reading this little pamphlet. Maybe some of you have had at My Heart Christ Home. And I was just sharing this with one of my grandsons. I think it was just last year when they were over to our house. And we read this one little part. And the part that always really spoke to my heart was where uh, early in the morning, where I, we, the Lord and I would meet together to fellowship with one another. Well, he decided to sleep in, it says in this little booklet that morning. So I have to hurry and dress and rush off to get to work. And as I'm rushing down the hallway to leave, the door to that room is open. And there he is waiting for that time of fellowship with me. But guess who missed it? And guess whose fault it was? He's always willing to dwell in your heart. He wants his word to dwell in your heart. 
If you're not allowing time for Christ and his word to dwell in your heart, you're not abiding in Christ and in the vine, and you're not going to bear fruit, spiritual fruit. Oh, you may struggle and try, go through all the motions to reach out to the Lord's people and do things that have to be done spiritually, but all we're developing here is wood, hay, and stubble because you cannot do this alone. It's only as you abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears and responds to us. Now, these are one of those open-ended or blank types of statements. Anything we ask. Well, sometimes we get hung up on that part of the phrase. Oh, I can ask anything. That's not what it's saying. I can ask anything if it's according to his will. And how will I know if it's his will? Well, as if I'm abiding in him. You see, he's dwelling in my heart by faith. His word is dwelling in my heart richly. I will know his will because the spirit of God uses the word of God to reveal the will of God. And now I will ask for things in accordance to his will and understand they will be received in accordance to his will. And I can rest and be secure in that blessed truth. Now, what is the condition for confidence in prayer? Well, again, it's just asking according to his good, his perfect, his acceptable will, which we're told about in Romans chapter 12. And how can we know his will? The word of God reveals the will of God, and you will know his will. See how important it is in abiding to involve spending time with the Lord and with his word. And the reason so many of us find ourselves not abiding is because we don't spend time with him. We don't spend enough time in his word. And then we wonder why we flounder spiritually. There's no secret. <laughs> you have to spend time with the Lord and his word if you really want to abide in him. And why is it important to abide in him? Because you can't bear fruit if you do not. Now, the next thing I just want to mention is in verses 2 and 3. Confession is also a factor in abiding. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, another rendering of that, and I guess one that I prefer, it means really to lift up. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. All right? And he's going to do something with that branch. He's not pleased if you're not bearing fruit. He's going to begin to do something in your life if you're not bearing fruit. Because remember... You became a living branch in the living vine for one purpose, and that is to bear fruit for him. So if you're not bearing fruit, well, he will lift you up. But then it goes on and says, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. That word prune could also be rendered cleanses. Now, when you think about this, he says in verse 3, you are already clean, because of the word which I have spoken to you. 
Now, I can think of times in my life when I really wasn't abiding in Christ because spiritual fruit was not very evident in my life. But what did he do with me at that time? He lifted me up, and he began to work. Yeah, he may have a nip a little bit and wash and scrub a little bit. Do what was necessary to once again get, get me moving forward in the things of the Lord. And then you start bearing fruit. And you say, well, boy, now that I'm bearing fruit, he should really be happy. Well, he is. But then it says, he prunes, <laughs> prunes the branches that are bearing fruit. Now, when I think of pruning, uh, I I've, don't like to think of pruning a lot because it's the only job I was ever fired at. Uh, I was uh, hired to prune Christmas trees, which we grow in abundance in Michigan. And what a lot of people don't realize about Christmas trees, they have two tassels that come up every year, perfectly straight. But one of them has to go. Okay? Now, my brother was very good at it, and he was working there, and I was looking for a job, and so I went, and he says, oh, yeah, your brother's doing very well. I'll hire you. Well, I wasn't wrong, and he says, Bob, you're a great guy, but I can't afford to keep you around. And why was that? I was pruning the wrong branch. I could never quite figure out which one had to be pruned. And, you know, I do a lot of pruning, especially here in California, because things grow so fast. When we come back, it's just amazing. And it's about, but it really amazes me, no matter how ugly I cut that thing down, when we come back in the, in the fall or early winter here, it is big and beautiful, more so than it was the year before. You see, why does the Lord, when we're bearing fruit, prune, cleanse, continue? It's an ongoing job so we can bear more fruit. You say, well, isn't the Lord ever satisfied? Well, should he be? He saved us. He's made us living branches in the living vine. And he has work for us to do. If he didn't have work for us to do, we wouldn't be here. He would save us and take us home. But we're here to bear fruit. And I challenge you, you know, as you deal with this, confession is a vital factor in abiding. You know, there's a doctrine running around today, I'm sure, sure many of you heard about, called free grace. And it's playing some havoc in places. You know, you don't really have to confess and do things and repent, you know, once you're a believer. You know, as a believer, you have to understand something. Sin always breaks communion with God. Always. And God's going to deal with it. You can't bear fruit if there's sin in your life. You can't. That's why he's there cleansing and pruning. And he cleanses us by the washing of water of the word of God. If you're having time struggling... In your spiritual life, get back in the Word. Spend more time in the Word. Spend more time with the Lord. Because you see, His Word, His Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will pierce right into your heart, your very marrow of your bone, convicting you of the sin in your life. 
And what are you supposed to do with it? Just ignore that? Oh, no. You've got to make sure you repent of sin in your life. You can't be abiding in the vine if there's disease and filth on the branch. It will not produce fruit. Cleansing is also a factor. You see, Christ's desire is seen in 1 John 1.7. But if we walk in the light, and remember, God is light. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship, or we are abiding one with another. With, uh, he with us, and we with him. I mean, what a marvelous relationship it is when you're walking in fellowship with the Lord. I really enjoy those times. And, you know, I also understand when that time has been broken. And I'm not very comfortable. You know, when sin comes into my life, and yes, it does, and it does yours too, I understand that. I don't know about you, but when sin comes into my life, I'm convicted immediately. And I deal with it immediately. Because I understand I'm a living branch in the living vine. And I have to be clean if I'm going to bear fruit for the Lord. Well, another thing, we have to move on. Abiding is desiring to do God's will. Just having a desire to do God's will. We hear a lot of talk about what is the Lord's will for my life. Well, the Lord's will for each of our lives is to bear fruit. We're learning that. And, you know, if you desire to do his will, you will bear fruit. Because you will abide in the vine. It's the only way that fruit can be produced. I want you to notice verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I can't give you the verse right off the top of my head here. It just came to mind. This is why my Father loves me. Why? I have done everything he's asked me to do. Do you want the vine to love you, the Father to love you, the Lord to love you? Well, he does love you. <laughs> but to really love you, then do what he asks you to do. Desire to do his will in your life. What gets in the way of doing his will in your life? Well, I know what gets in the way of him doing his will in my life. It's my will. It's what I want to do. And when I find myself going off doing what I want to do, Instead of what I know the Lord would have me do, I'm no longer abiding, and I can no longer bear fruit. What a marvelous thing to know is if I uh, desire to do his will, his love will be shed abroad in my life and through my life, and I can bear that fruit to others. In Psalm 40, verse 8, the psalmist says, I delight to do thy will Oh, my God. 
Thy word is within, or the desire of my heart. Is God's word the desire of your heart? You know, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to live in obedience to it. You know, many times we'll sit out and get our quiet time and spend our time in the Lord's word. And we get up and we're no different than when we sat down and started to read it. If you sit down and desire to learn the Lord's will for you and you get into his word, he's going to reveal his will for you. And then what's the next step? You go out and do his will for you. But again, remember, you're not going to do it by struggling. You're going to do it by abiding. You know, with these verses in mind, I just want you to look at verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now, here we have this idea of the Lord choosing us. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about words like being chosen, elected, predestinated. Well, we have one of those verses here, and it's obvious who he's talking to. You know, these words such as uh, chosen, predestinated, they're church doctrine. Church doctrine. It has nothing to do with the gospel. Check the scriptures. Every time you see this, he's speaking to his children. And here he's telling us, living branches in the living vine. I have chose you for a purpose. I have appointed you. Other translations say ordained, which really means basically the same thing. Chosen, ordained you to do what? Bear fruit. It can't be much clearer, can it? We're expected to bear fruit as living branches in the living vine. And then it goes on and says, and that your fruit should remain. It's to be an ongoing process. Every day. You see, it should be my desire to do his will and bear fruit. Spiritual fruit as a living branch in the living vine. And we mentioned this morning what some of those things are, and there's many others. Right now, we're to challenge you, as I, my heart is challenged as I study these things. Is it really my desire to do God's will? God's will is that we bear fruit. And, of course, to bear fruit, what do we have to do? We have to abide in the vine. Well, I think we've kind of gotten that point across, at least I hope we have. Now let's just look very briefly at the results or effects of abiding. Well, the very first thing we can say is you will bear fruit. Not because I say so. Because we have seen and read over and over again. He says so. If you abide in me and my bird abides in you, you will bear fruit. That's a marvelous result. Don't you really want to bear fruit for the Lord? You know, we do. 
Well, what do we have to do? Abide in him. Spend time with him and his word. Have a great close relationship with him so he can work through us and in us to produce the fruit he wants to produce in our lives. That's one. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, uh, I just want you, we looked at that earlier, but let's go back to that again because it's such an important thing. When you're talking about fruit, you cannot leave out Galatians 22 and 23 in chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, when you're talking about bearing fruit, one of the results and effects of it will be you will fulfill the verses we just read. Those nine I shouldn't say, I can't say fruits because they're not. It's one fruit, but it's all there. All of these things just will become evident to others in your life. They will see the love of Christ in your life. They will see the joy of the Lord in your life. They will see the peace you experience in your trials and your tests of life and the peace you have with God through the Lord Jesus Christ in your standing before a holy and righteous God. They're going to see in your life this long-suffering towards others, your kindness and goodness towards others, no matter how much they may irritate you. And you know, if you witness for the Lord, which is bearing fruit, oh, don't think everybody's going to pat you on the back. You may get one in the chops just as quickly. But you see, if you are abiding in Christ, they're going to see this long-suffering and kindness and goodness. And they're also going to see in your own life your faithfulness to the Lord. They're going to see your gentleness or meekness, harness power. They're going to see that in your life. And, of course, they're going to see the self-control. I don't know about you, but self-control is one of the toughest things to struggle to achieve. Boy, it gets in the way. This battle between self and the Spirit of God in my life, that's that ongoing battle Paul even moaned about. All the things that I would do, I don't do. And the things I shouldn't do, I do. And what does it all boil down to? When self is in control, the Spirit of God is not in control. And now you have no control over self. Because you're in control over self. You see, these are things that will become evident in your life to others. See, the, food of the fruit of the Spirit is not for the branch to eat. You won't necessarily see these things in your life. But others will, and that's what will draw them to the vine. 
when they see this fruit being produced. Because you see, these are not natural things for the natural man. These are only the fruit of the Spirit. And how we want those exemplified in our life. And remember again, you will never get any of those by struggling. <laughs> it will not happen by struggling. It's only as you yield yourself to the vine. You find yourself serving the Lord unto all pleasing and walking with the Lord unto all pleasing. That's Colossians 1.10. You know, I think we want to serve the Lord. I know I do. I want to walk in a matter pleasing to the Lord. And I know you do too. Well, there's only one way to do it. And that's to let him have control of your life. Abide in him. See, then you'll find yourself doing the things we talked about this morning. You'll find yourself witnessing to people. You won't have to struggle to do it. It will just happen, and you'll know when it's the time to do it. You will find yourself willing to disciple young believers and those who are struggling in spiritual things. You will find yourself sharing in every aspect of your life, particularly with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, you'll find yourself loving one another. How many times are we told here, love one another? That's an evidence of abiding in Christ. Another thing you're going to find as an effect, you will find yourself thanking and praising and worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. You know, it's interesting, many times at the Lord's table, we always uh, state, and desire that we want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And yet how many times as we gather at the Lord's table or even our own quiet time, you know, that isn't the only place you worship the Lord is at the Lord's table. At least I sure hope it isn't the only time you worship the Lord. This should be a part of your daily life. But to do it in spirit and in truth, you have to be abiding in the vine. If you're not abiding in the vine, you're just going through the motions. There's no real worship taking place. If you look at verse 2, and we've already mentioned it, you will experience the Father's pruning or cleansing. You see, he will cut away anything in our lives that keeps us from bearing fruit. And the purpose is to bear more fruit. You know, pruning can't be a fun thing. I've often thought when I'm pruning these branches and things, and I even see little... Drop, droplets come from some of those branches. You think, gee, I wonder if that thing's crying. No, I know it's not. But, you know, it's got to hurt. And sometimes pruning and cleansing hurts. But it's necessary. The Lord knows that. But he has one purpose in mind. Yes, you're bearing fruit. But I want you to bear more fruit and more fruit. And he will keep on pruning and cleansing until the day he takes you home. To be with himself. Verse 5. We will see a growing sense of our own weakness. And the need for dependence upon him. As you look at that fifth verse. And I think I've already emphasized the last part of that. He says for without me. What can you do? Absolutely nothing. And you know the more you abide in Christ in the living vine, you begin to realize 
the sense of your own weakness. When you think you're strong, you're not very useful. You become useful when you understand you're a weak, broken vessel. That's all. A weak, broken earthen vessel full of cracks and holes. But that's who the Lord chose to serve him. Why? So the light and the glory of the Lord can shine through those cracks and holes in these little earthen vessels. Without me, he says, you can do nothing. Be sure you understand that. There's no need to struggle. <laughs> Just rely and depend upon him. And finally, I just want to mention, you will recognize your prayers are being answered. How often do you question if the Lord is answering your prayers? Well, if you are questioning that often, let me suggest you're not abiding in the vine. Because when you abide in the, abide in the vine, you will know that your prayers are being answered. And they're going to be answered according to his good and perfect and acceptable will. And you see, abiding in Christ will enable you to accept his answer for your prayers. Why is it we are so persistent in praying over and over for the same thing? Now, I know there's, there's nothing wrong, really, in going to the Lord. But, you know, if it's because you just feel, Lord, you're not listening, you're not listening. I need an answer, I need an answer. You have to understand, when you ask, he hears, and he will answer in his time, in his way, and according to his good and acceptable, perfect will. And you'll understand that. You will be able to accept whatever his answer is to your prayer. Somebody says, as we pray, we abide. As we abide, we pray more and more deeply. While our time is gone, I have a couple of other things I'm just going to mention without any other comment. You will evidence a love for Christ and his people, verses 9 and 12. And boy, how that's lacking in the church today. Oh, we talk a lot about it. But if you're really abiding in Christ, you will evidence in your life a real love for Christ and a love for his people. In verse 11, you will experience an inner joy which is the joy of the Lord. <laughs> we read in the psalmist, in thy abiding presence is fullness of joy. We also read in scripture, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. While our time is gone. You know, here, you know, we have seen just some of the evidence that we are of, of what abiding in Christ is all about. You know, I thought it was good for me. It is good for us as branches to examine ourselves regularly to see if we are really abiding in Christ on a regular basis. When's the last time you examined yourself? Am I abiding in Christ? Am I really abiding in the vine? Relying and depending upon him. We should start out every day with that request of the Lord, Lord, control my life today. Help me to abide in you today, that I may bear fruit for you today. 
Well, I trust this will be your experience. I know this has been a challenging message, and the reason I know it has been, because, boy, it was a real challenge putting it together. It opens your eyes to the truth as you spend time in God's Word. He reveals truth. That's why it's so important to spend time with Him and His Word. That's how you grow, and that's how you can bear fruit. May that be our desire. Shall we pray? Our gracious God and dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you and praise you again for your beloved Son and our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for your word, for thy word is truth. We're so thankful for this passage in John 15. We have only touched on it today. There is so much more in there. But we're so thankful for the thoughts that you have revealed through this feeble servant. We just pray that the Spirit of God may truly work in the hearts and the lives of those here today and in my own life, that we may truly abide in the vine, that the fruit of the Spirit may be manifested in our lives, and this fruit may become evident to those round and about them, that we may have a real love for our Lord and for those that he redeemed. Just ask now that you will part us with your blessing, bring us to our various homes in safety, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.